Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of ANC's Matters of Fact. I'm Christian Esguera. Okay, the big news for this week, of course, was the uh, move by President Rodrigo Duterte to formally terminate the Visiting Forces Agreement with the United States. Uh, this is a story that has been uh, ongoing for several weeks. We know what the President has been saying against this uh, military agreement. Now, for this week, we are joined by uh, Professor Jay Batong Bakal. He's the director of the University of the Philippines Institute for Maritime Affairs and Law of the Sea to talk about this very important move by the Philippine government. Thank you very much, uh, Attorney Jay, for joining us today. Hi, uh, Christian, and wel- um, thank you for uh, having me. Okay. Now, before there was a lot of confusion regarding uh, the actual decision by the president mm-hmm. regarding the VFA, whether he actually had decided to instruct the executive secretary and later the foreign affairs department to move for determination but now it's official mm-hmm. according to malacañang a notice of termination has been sent how big is this move by the philippine government well it's very uh, big it's really serious it's probably the most significant uh, event in philippine us uh, um, um, relations since uh, the VFA was originally uh, signed. Big in a sense that uh, how will this impact relations between the Philippines and the United States? Oh, it will. I'm sure it will impact it in a major way. Um, we've been here before, uh, back in 1992, when the military basis agreement was terminated, no. And uh, as a result of that, we saw the U.S. withdraw from the Philippines and. Basically, for the next couple of years, there was minimal engagement between the Philippines and the United States on defense matters. Um, that led to a vacuum, so to speak, no, in, in, um, in Southeast Asia. Um, and that was also the opportunity for China to make its move, and it occupied mischief free uh, in the West Philippine Sea. Uh, because of that event, the Philippines was the one that then turned around and asked uh, the United States to come back, uh, and, and the mode of coming back was basically through the Visiting Forces Agreement. W- was that really the reason why why the, the Philippines decided to enter into a uh, truth movement agreement with the United mm-hmm. States? W- yes. Was it because of China's uh, activities at that time? Yes, because uh, even though we had the Mutual Defense Treaty since 1951, um, as a result of the withdrawal of the American forces, they basically had no presence uh, in the Philippines and they did not um, have any uh, arrangements with the Philippines for them to, um, say, use our facilities or to, well, basically to do anything security related. So uh, when we needed the United States back in order to try to at least set up some kind of buffer between us and China, uh, the visiting forces agreement became necessary. Okay, let's try to explain this to our listeners. We have an existing mutual defense treaty or the MDT <coughs> with the Philippines. A lot of scholars are saying that we are the oldest uh, treaty ally of the United States here mm-hmm. in Asia, mm-hmm. uh, even Southeast Asia. Some people are saying, is it the Philippines or Thailand? Mm-hmm. But in any case, we have the MDT, and then now they're trying to terminate with VFA. Uh, but we also have the EDCAD, in Enhanced mm-hmm. Defense Cooperation Agreement. Mm-hmm. Now, can't we, let's say, actually settle with those two remaining agreements? No, not really, because um, let's put it this way. The MDT is basically an agreement that lays out the principle that the two countries agree that an attack on one is an attack on the other. But there is nothing there which uh, indicates how this is going to be implemented beyond the 
you know the these uh, principles uh, how it's going to be how how um, security how defense is going to be provided by the tools is not found there on the other hand when you go you fast forward to edca what you have there is a program uh, essentially for assisting in the modernization of the armed forces and the enhancement of its capabilities and um, enhancement of maritime security. And all of these uh, activities are depend on um, allowing the United States to build and maintain facilities in Philippine bases and to pre-position uh, supplies and materials. No? But the, the thing that is necessary in order to accomplish both of these treaties is basically the presence of uh, troops, ships, and aircraft in the Philippines. And that is the VFA. And that is what the VFA is supposed to provide. Now, if we, because termination won't take effect until after 180 days mm -hmm. from the uh, issuance of the notice of termination by the Philippine government. Now, assuming that uh, this is actually terminated once and for all, the VFA, what will happen to the EDCA? Well, the EDCA cannot be implemented. I think no, um, because you still need people no, in order to carry out uh, the various uh, activities under EDCA. And what about the MDT? The MDT basically also will be um, practically maribund. I mean, it's it's going to be in the same situation as it was back in '92 to '99. No? It is there. Uh, it's in. It's, it's like it's there in theory. It's on paper. But how to actually uh, implement it, how it can be used, that will all be gone. We also have to remember that since 1951, the nature of the um, security threats to the Philippines have changed uh, considerably. In 51, they were only considering the, you know, the classic uh, uh, war-type scenario where another nation will militarily invade uh, the Philippines. Mm -hmm. But since that time, uh, the kinds of uh, security threats we've um, had to face have varied. Everything from terrorism to um, di natural disasters and things like that. These were not originally contemplated in the MDT. And in order to properly address these, these um, threats, which all occur during peacetime, you know, in, in the absence of war, uh, there is no other mechanism for uh, the security um, alliance to uh, address them. So it had to be through the visiting forces agreement. So is it okay to say that uh, we can compare the MDT to a law? And you have the VFA as the implementing rules and regulations that somehow fleshes out the the, the principles uh, contained in that law. Yeah, it's <coughs> sort of like that. Okay, so um, for all intents and purposes, basically, if you terminate the, the, the VFA, this practically paralyzes the EDCA and the MDT? Yes. So can we afford to actually move on without the VFA, but keep the MDT and the EDCA? Well, you can keep them, but they'll only be on paper. You cannot actually implement them because you still need people to come over to the Philippines no, in order to carry out the various tasks and activities. I, if you want to pursue those tasks and activities, you'd have to have agreements and treaties each and every time you're going to be allowing uh, U.S. troops, aircrafts, and vessels to come into the Philippines to, to carry them out. And that would be uh, uh, very impractical. So, for example, uh, there's a natural, disa uh, natural disaster uh, that occurred in the Philippines, and let's say the United States wants to send its troops, its soldiers, to help out. It cannot do so right away because no. there's no VFA. No, it can't. Um, it will take weeks to 
negotiate um, an agreement to you know work out how they're gonna come in where what are they gonna do what are they be allowed to do and th- those days could cost lives let's talk about the case of Yolanda because this mm-hmm. is often cited uh, that there are many other countries that wanted to send help right away to the Philippines but there was no agreement when it comes to the uh, movement of forces in the Philippines, unlike with the fi- with the United States, where mm-hmm. we have uh, a VFA, so they were able to send yeah. help right away. Yes, when if you recall, uh, right after Yolanda, just uh, you know, after the typhoon had already passed, and and the magnitude of the damage was uh, still being assessed, uh, the Americans were able to already come in, uh, move supplies to the available um, logistic centers, you know, and then. Within a matter of uh, hours, a an aircraft carrier with its air wing was already made available and was already steaming towards the disaster zone. Okay, so that kind of fast response is uh, absolutely necessary in the context of a of uh, disasters and humanitarian aid because lives could be lost in the time um, you take to prepare this. So that's a very good example. Uh, other countries like uh, Japan, uh, the UK, etc. I mean they were able to come in several days after or maybe a week uh, or so after pa. How about intelligence sharing? For example, in the case of uh, terrorism, uh, we know that the United States was among the countries that actually extended assistance. I think it was more technical, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, to the Philippine uh, troops that were trying to flush out the uh, ISIS terrorists from Marawi City. Uh, will this also be affected because of Determination of the VFA? Yes, definitely, because um, especially with intelligence sharing, you need to undertake briefings, you need to have discussions, you know, and sometimes this n- the intelligence will come, well, you never know what time it will come, so you have to have the ability to go when needed. No? Um, when it came to uh, Marawi, it wasn't just the sharing through briefings, but you also had um, assets like aircraft and drones being immediately deployed around the area. Uh, which could then be immediately sent to um, the armed forces. All of that will be um, done uh, when you don't have a visiting forces team. And I think they also the, the Americans also sent uh, some technical guys uh, on the ground. Of course, the restriction was that they cannot be engaged in any combat operations, yes, yes, right? Yes, because that really was uh, part of the deal. No, I mean. For the Philippines also, it's also very sensitive about uh, ensuring that um, its sovereignty is preserved. And in this instance, uh, that meant uh, minimizing any possibility that there could be foreign participation in what was essentially a local uh, operation. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, respected entirely, I think. And what what the Americans provided was the intelligence, the surveillance, and the reconnaissance support, which is uh, absolutely necessary in order for the armed forces to uh, properly uh, battle these uh, forces on in Marawi. Now, these were the uh, were just some of the benefits that we have been getting uh, because of the existing VFA. <laughs> How would you describe the decision by the by Malacanang, by the president, to actually terminate the VFA? Well, it's actually, for me, rather reckless. No, because you had, particularly for the armed forces, uh, the Navy and the Air Force, you have a modernization program that's ongoing, and it is anchored on the ability to get uh, the training uh, and capability building and the exercises that were to be provided through these uh, visiting forces agreements. 
they had already released information that three, uh, over 300 activities were planned for the year. And a lot of them uh, really were directly uh, for the benefit of the armed forces. So uh, there's also a price tag attached to that, which mm. the Philippines does not have to pay for, uh, bringing all those troops and uh, aircraft and exercise uh, equipment and materials, etc. All of that the Philippines didn't have to pay for. Now all of that will be gone. And the, the armed forces basically is going to have to find the resources to uh, carry out um, e even e these exercises on its own. It's going to have to find ways and means to um, get the capacities, get the training that it had originally planned for with the Americans. Okay. I'd like to go to the statement coming from the U.S. Embassy here in the Philippines because when, uh, when things were not yet clear, and whether the president actually intended to terminate the DFA, I, I think the, the Americans were quite silent on this. They waited for something official to come mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And finally, it came out just a few days ago. The statement coming from the U.S. Embassy was this. This is a serious step with significant implications for the U.S.-Philippine alliance. We will carefully consider how best to move forward to advance our shared interests. Mm -hmm. How do you... What 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 kind of reading can we put into this particular statement? Because some people are saying this is quite serious. It seems or it sounds like the Americans are pissed off. Well, um, the Americans are carefully weighing their options. I think no? um, for one thing, they've had this hanging uh, over their heads uh, for the past month, and it had always been um, unclear uh, to the Americans what would happen. Um, given uh, President Duterte's uh, you know, positioning and posturing. Um, under, well, for the past three years, they've uh, basically decided that they'll have to exercise what they call strategic patience, <laughs> uh, just uh, try to see uh, what can be done in the meantime. And now this, however, is a signal, no? a clear signal that Duterte is going to push through with his original uh, um, threat of ending the alliance. And for the United States, at this time, no, it's it's really bad timing for us because, um, as we know, because of um, President Trump's um, erratic uh, policy and his lack of attention basically towards Asia, it's uh, entirely possible that uh, the United States at this time will simply say, "Okay, you don't want you don't want the treaty, you don't want the title." So you ask for it. Yeah. They're going to give it. Yes. Yes. I don't. I don't see. Um, I don't see why they should continue to work under uncertain circumstances. But we, but we know that the Philippines is also very important to the United States strategically. If the United States would like to, for example, contain uh, China's um, expansionism mm -hmm. or assertiveness in this part of the world, so what does the United States also stand to lose with the termination of the VFA? Mm -hmm. Well, it loses um, an important location which can translate into time um, and and that means that the timeliness of its responses to any kind of contingencies in the region will be uh, impaired so instead of being able to respond to an incident say in the south china sea within within hours it will be delayed by maybe days or possibly weeks no? and that means they will be unable to um, um, provide the kind of um, stability 
uh, that they've uh, historically been able to to provide the region for many decades. So can this be seen as uh, somehow the United States losing its uh, oldest treaty ally in this region uh, well, to the security blanket of the of China? It hasn't. Well, it will not formally lose it until the MDT itself is, yeah. is abrogated. But but in but terms of in terms of operations, yeah. no, in terms of actual ability to carry out uh, to bring that security, you know, it will be seriously impaired. But how does this also? How would this also compromise American interests? For example, in the South China Sea. I think for <coughs> for that, it will only make it more difficult for the U.S. to uh, continuously monitor uh, what's going on in the South China Sea. Because they'll have to operate now from bases much farther away, like maybe Japan or Guam. Mm -hmm. They still can, but in terms of um, the amount of resources it will take to maintain that, no, it will probably be more burdensome on them. But they will just adjust. No? Maybe they'll sort of redeploy, redistribute their forces around uh, the South China Sea. They'll just avoid the Philippines. And they can also conduct freedom of navigation. Yes, yes. One ops. Yes, they can continue to do that, but operating from bases that are farther away. Okay, and that, that might cost more money. Yeah, that will cost more money. That might uh, impact on their frequency uh, and the and the number of uh, available um, opportunities. Yes. Now, when it comes to hardware, because we know that uh, <coughs> there's an existing South China Sea initiative coming from the United States, so basically sending mm -hmm. a lot of help Uh, for a specific number of years, among the beneficiaries was the Philippines. Yes, yes. The uh, biggest, the biggest <coughs> beneficiary was the Philippines. The biggest, okay. Yeah. So, I, I think uh, Vietnam is included, mm -hmm. and we know the the intention of the United States mm -hmm. there. But with the termination of the VFA, can that also be compromised? That can be compromised because uh, all those initiatives also require um, humans being deployed to the area. No? So, if they're going to give us, for example. Uh, a fleet of drones, they'll still need to send people over to train uh, people here to use and operate them and also probably to maintain them. No? Uh, so that will be affected. Um, let's so say other hardware. For example, um, let's say another donated vessel. Mm -hmm. then. Um, also, the training, the preparation will be, you know, will, be, uh, will require uh, people again um, and also the ships. No? Um, for example, when, when we took on the uh, Hamilton-class cutters from the United States, that required us to send our troops to the U.S. under the VFA you know, because it's a reciprocal arrangement. Eh? Mm -hmm. So um, they trained there for several months and, and so that they could be the ones to bring that ship home to the Philippines. No? So that uh, kind of um, um, arrangement also will be lost. So this is how serious this mm -hmm. uh, decision is. Yes. For the Philippines, yes. Let's yes. say you want to get uh, another donation from the United States, another cutter, for example. Mm -hmm. So without the VFA, we'd need to renegotiate as far as the mm -hmm. presence of Philippine troops there in the United mm -hmm. States. Yes, yes. That would make things very complicated, also. Yes, yes, and it uh, it just makes everything more much more difficult for us no, in terms of our getting um, um, support, the necessary support for modernization. But but within the Philippi between the Philippines and the United States, who is the bigger loser here? I think it's the Philippines, no? because the United States has uh, global interests, and uh, as I said earlier, they can adjust. No? They'll just have to bear with the additional costs, essentially. But they will adjust, and no? they I can mean, afford it. No, and they can they could probably afford it. No, Taiwan uh, we can't. Um, we have been relying on the. Um, 
the alliance to provide a, a huge number of, uh, of a, a huge amount of resources talaga. So, if you recall, the past five years, uh, as reported by um, Secretary Luxin himself in Congress, no, um, something in the to the tune of 30 billion pesos worth of uh, training and capacity building was uh, undertaken uh, through the alliance, and they had planned for another um, 12 billion pesos worth. No, um, for the this year, I think. No, so you can imagine wh where are we going to get that kind of of um, uh, equivalent uh, resources? No, um, for free, essentially. Well, according to Malacanang, yeah, according to Secretary Panedo, the Philippines, uh, the Philippine government can also enter into similar agreements with other countries. Yeah, sure, but all those other countries are also treaty allies of the United States so far. No, so Japan and Australia. And all of them have uh, been uh, cooperating with us precisely because we are a treaty ally of the United States. Uh, and also, in terms of the amount of resources, the kinds of uh, training and capacity building that they can undertake, the um, ability to send uh, troops and aircraft and vessels to conduct exercises into the Philippines is really very, very small compared to the United States. Japan. Um, still has its constitutional restrictions, mm -hmm. so it is not able to send the Japan Self-Defense Forces abroad. They're actually to finding a lot of yeah. <laughs> They're using a lot of creativity. Yes, and be able to do that. Yeah, and they're they're having to. But actually, what their support has actually been through civilian agencies like the Coast Guard. No, it's not the military itself, and they have been only been able to send observers to the Balikatan. Uh, with the Australians, they have only been also been sending only small contingents observers. And uh, they've conducted only um, capacity building exercises so far, no? but not anything to the scale of what the U.S. could provide through the Balikatan. So what are we saying here? There's a void that cannot be filled up by other allies of the Philippines? Yes, yes, it, it can't. It simply can't. Even Australia and Japan rely on the presence of the United States. So if even if they have a VFA with the Philippines, um, Without the United States, um, they might not even see whether it would be worth it to go through with, say, exercises in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Now, how about China? How would China benefit from this termination? Oh, greatly, because um, actually U.S. presence in the Philippines uh, and its defense alliance has been seen by China as <coughs> the cornerstone of this containment uh, as they see it. No? So um debilitating the uh, um, mutual def defense treaty by doing this of course would be of great advantage to China it would provide it with the same kind of uh, freedom that it had in the 1990s no, when 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 the military bases uh, were absent no? and now the the difference is that they have the forces to really expand um, completely into the South China Sea mm -hmm. Now, one of the reasons cited by Malacanang in uh, behind this uh, order to terminate the visiting force agreement was the uh, action by American senators and House lawmakers, actually, mm -hmm. to, to call the attention of the president uh, with regard to the drug killings mm -hmm. here in the Philippines. And, of course, we know uh, that they're going to – they activated the Bagnitsky Act mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to impose targeted sanctions on Philippine officials behind the – imprisonment of uh, Senator Lila de Lima and, of course, the drug killings in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is this a proper response on the part of the Philippine government? Hey, you're 
our sovereignty, quote unquote, according to the Philippine government, is at stake. If that is the issue that you are, you guys are raising, we might as well terminate the VFA. Mm -hmm. How do you look at this particular response? It's a totally disproportionate and inappropriate response, as far as I'm concerned, because, uh, you know, the question is asked. Uh, the president hates the United States. That he's made that pretty clear. And he has his friends who now want to go to the U.S. to, to go on vacation or to watch Manny Pacquiao's fight, uh, <laughs> gamble in Las Vegas. So how, do, how does their inability to do so affect his ability now, the president's ability to do what he wants in the Philippines? How mm. does it affect uh, the senator's uh, mandate to do what he wants as a legislator in the Philippine Senate? Mm. And obviously nothing. No? It has no effect. So how is that a, an affront to Philippine sovereignty? And then you also might ask, and what about us? When we uh, denied um, uh, the entry of uh, other personalities no, into the Philippines. No, the like senators. Yeah, yeah, the senators, the uh, uh, UN rapporteurs, mm -hmm. no, and all these other people. Did, that, uh, we, did we uh, get any kind of objection from the countries of these people that it was an affront on their sovereignty? Mm -hmm. Of course not. Because that was personal or private to the individual concern. Yeah, yeah. And, and remember, the Philippine position, at, uh, every time it happened, no, they said that, well, that is entirely the prerogative of the receiving state. Mm. Like what happened yeah. when, uh, when Hong Kong barred uh, entry yes. to uh, former um, Foreign Secretary Albert Del Rosario yes. and Ombudsman Conchita Carpio. Exactly, Morales. exactly. They said that that was China's prerogative. Well, now here, when the U.S. does it to Senator De, De La Rosa, Suddenly, it's an affront to sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Completely inconsistent. Is there is it too late to actually uh, reconsider this decision by by President Duterte? Because even the senators <coughs> are actually closely uh, allied with the president. Uh, many of them are saying that let's wait for the thorough review of the VFA in the Philippine Senate before the president decides on whether to terminate that. Well, if we go by the latest press release no? uh, it seems it appears that uh, President Duterte has already made up his, mi his mind and he said that there will be no renegotiation at all so it seems that the door is closed uh, on his side and if that's the case then on the part of the United States I also see no reason why uh, they would still try no? because they will also s uh, think of it this way they will not want to be seen as being held hostage by anyone is Especially this on a, on for just for the visa of a senator. Is this what's happening? That, that the United States is being held hostage in a way? In a way, that's uh, that's what they're doing. It, the, uh, remember, the prelude to this is that uh, President Duterte said that he will terminate the VFA if they do not reconsider uh, the visa of um, Senator De La Rosa. Okay, let's put that, that in That's the only thing. No? There's mm. nothing else. And since that time... Uh, they try to portray it as uh, actually being more than that. Yeah. But every time the president has spoken, it has always about um, it is always about the, the senator. Even the senator himself, no. Even though he says that it's not about him, it goes back to uh, about him uh, again. No? Actually, they try not uh, they try not to lose <coughs> face <laughs> there by saying that that was just the last straw. The the visa yes. issues of Senator Bato De La Rosa, who of course was the chief enforcer of the president's bloody drug war. Mm -hmm. uh, they were saying that uh, this has been uh, brewing for so long, the mm -hmm. president's uh, anger over the United States, mm -hmm. and this was just a last straw. Perhaps it is. No? I mean, 
but even if it's uh, even if you say it's the last straw no i mean that's probably that's such a short and napakababaw <laughs> na straw really since 2016 yes yeah, since 2016 especially in light of all the benefits that this administration has gotten out of this alliance no? marawi uh the us even supported the the drug war in a way by sending uh us law enforcement uh, aid and assistance to our own law enforcement agencies mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's just totally uh arbitrary and whimsical now the vfa itself is it really such a bad deal for the philippines because this is not the first time that efforts had been made to actually terminate the vfa you know the late miram defensor santiago led this resolution before calling for its termination is it such a bad deal for the Fili- for, for the philippines I don't think so and, and I think it's already proven uh, its worth no uh, in terms of its support to the armed forces its modernization in terms of its usefulness in the most uh, in the biggest crisis we've had and we've had to use it Marawi Yolanda Cebu Sayaf etc I think it's shown that it is uh, uh, worth doing no uh, worth having mm. and now all of a sudden it's going to be terminated Is it better let's say uh there are legitimate questions about certain provisions of the VFA to just um sit down with the Americans and renegotiate it? Well, yes. Um so for example the m- the historically the most problematic has been has been the one on jurisdiction, mm-hmm. no criminal jurisdiction. But we've al- also shown already that it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why Tan Burton is still in jail, no? Uh he's still incarcerated in a military camp no? in Under the Philippines. In the Philippines. Okay. So any adjustments no can be handled through the mutual security uh, board and mutual defense board which was set up precisely to address uh, implementation issues. Mm-hmm. Now ho- how do you respond to those who are defending the president? They're saying that this is the president establishing clearly an independent foreign policy. I don't see how um you know making decisions on the basis of of you know um h- holding hostage the national interest uh, just for the benefit of somebody's visa is a, i don't see how that is a good indication of an independent foreign policy okay mm-hmm. more like an arbitrary one probably but not necessarily independent especially since uh the this particular uh um issue no um the philippine us alliance is probably the only is probably the last remaining uh, deterrent we have no against the only real uh, threat to the Philippines right now and its uh, sovereignty defense and that's it is it's China in the West Philippine Sea. Mm-hmm. So now for example here the the sen- certain senators are uh, voicing their concerns regarding this move by the president. Is it uh, clearly established already that if you want to abrogate a treaty, if you want to terminate it, you don't need the concurrence of the Philippine Senate? Well, that is still an unresolved issue. Um There's I recall the, Court the same the same problem was raised to the Supreme Court res- with respect to the ICC that has become mutin academic both because even the ICC has now recognized that the Philippines has withdrawn from uh it from the statute. Right. So if that is so the case the Supreme Court doesn't need to resolve this question. Uh it may not need to. It may choose to say that this is a political question. It may say that for this is an issue of foreign policy which is entirely the under the discretion of the executive but should it also resolve it just to make things clear once and for all i think it it probably should no because uh, a similar question is is uh, also raised every time the us uh, also abrogates uh, a treaty 
but it never gets to be decided. So since it's uh, we have a very similar system here, uh, the Supreme Court might as well also resolve that so that any future actions of the country can be also properly guided. But if you want to, 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 ha to have that ruling by the Supreme Court to apply to the VFA, it would be better for someone to elevate this issue before the Supreme Court, specifically the VFA? Well, it, it is the only, um, I think, uh, yes, it, it's the only um, issue that's uh, out there right now. Uh, it's like it's, it's justiciable in a way, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because you have a notice of termination and you have some senators who might want to question it, so they can now take it to the, to the court. Now, between uh, the, the, the issuance of the notice of termination by, by, the, by the Philippine government uh, and the expiration of the 180 days, what happens during that period? Well, of course, um, the two countries might decide to just go ahead and do whatever activities were scheduled uh, during that time. Um, they might just, you know, you know, it's already been budgeted and so forth, so they might as well carry it out. Uh, but, uh, you know, knowing that it will uh, terminate at the end of 180 days, you know, that means also that any future activities are now off the table. Uh, and no one will, I don't think uh, the United States, for example, will commit to any future activities beyond uh, the, the termination. But do you see this is a long-term, um, do you see this lasting for long? Because you know that the president will only serve until 2022. And realistically, assuming that the next president uh, has a different thinking when it comes to foreign policy, he or she can actually move to... Uh, reinstate the VFA, perhaps uh, using better provisions? Mm -hmm. um, it was hard enough to negotiate this VFA and then EDCA, which followed it. Mm -hmm. um, which went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, essentially going to be the second time that we'll, we will have uh, um, thundered these arrangements. I don't think the United States will be as enthusiastic anymore after this. But they also need the Philippines strategically. Yes, yes, they do. But given the instability of our foreign policy and our apparent lack of consistency in the national interest, they may not want to take that risk again. But isn't they that might as well? They might as well try to develop um, their alliances with other countries or partnerships with other countries. Like which countries? Vietnam. Mm. Vietnam is a prime candidate. Malaysia. Uh, mm, Probably not Malaysia, maybe Singapore. Because they're saying that Malaysia mm. is even more independent in terms of action compared to the Philippines. Yes, but in terms of willingness to um, engage with the United uh, States, yeah, mm -hmm. it's not as uh, as open as it. It's also more difficult for them. I think one issue that uh, they they kept on uh, raising against the VFA, and I think this was already resolved uh, by the Supreme Court before. The fact that the United States does not consider this as a treaty, but only as an executive agreement. Mm -hmm. Well, that's but, just but, a... But in the Philippines, we consider this as a treaty. Yes, but that's, um, that's an issue of categorization, really. When you look on the American side, um, what's important for them no, is that they are fully committed. Uh, they, they believe themselves to be bound and obligated under this agreement. Um, I think it's also because in the United States, it's very difficult also to pass um, uh, treaties to for ratification by the U.S. Senate, this, uh, especially now it's so polarized. Mm -hmm. So that's why 
um, executive agreements, um, as far as they're concerned, uh, can be just as binding as treaties. Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, Attorney Jay, um, is this decision made by the President, by the Philippine government, something that he might live to regret? I think so. In the same way that uh, many people uh, regretted having uh, kicked the USS U.S. bases out, leading to uh, the incursions into the West Philippine Sea. So we might live to regret this one as well. Is this correct? Is it also correct to frame this using the lens of, uh, let's say, ultranationalism, sovereignty, or more on actually being able to address concerns, security concerns, in and out of the Philippines? Well, I don't think you have to invoke uh, nationalism here. It's simple, you know, it, it can be as simple as looking at the lay of the land, so to speak, where we are in Southeast Asia, what's happening between the United States and China, uh, what are the future traje- trajectories of China as a regional power. No? I mean, it's, you know, the writing's on the wall. We are in the way. And China, in order to advance its interests, to protect itself, it will need to basically subordinate all the surrounding Southeast Asian countries, including us. No? It subordinates us to its interests. They don't even have to exercise it militarily just by sheer volume and expansion of their civilian activities. Mm-hmm. We are in the way. We know that yeah, they're so doing that. Yeah, so um, I think this is a really a, a serious uh, blow to the um, ability of the Philippines to defend its interests um, into the future. So Attorney Jay Batumbakal, always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Welcome, Christian, and thank you. By the way, catch our next episode on the Philippines' Visiting Forces Agreement with the United States with Professor Renato De Castro only here on Matters of Fact.